This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. You better watch out, you better not cry, you better not pout, I'm telling you why. Basketballs are coming to town. Basketballs are coming to town. Basketballs are coming to town. Scott's making a list. Grant's checking it twice. They're gonna find out who's naughty and nice. Basketballs are coming to town. Basketballs are coming to town. Basketballs are coming to town. Ho, 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 boys. Boom, the boys are back and happy Friday. We are here to get you ready. For the Big 12 Championship matchup between K-State and TCU. Before we get into our two big primers and some mini primers, remember we are sponsored by Manhattan Brewing Company. I wish I was taking some Manhattan Brewing Company down to Texas with me, uh, but sadly I'll be flying and I don't think I can get that past TSA. They have the most delicious craft beer in the entire state of Kansas. They have some of the best, if not, I mean, no, it is the best and most fresh beer in Kansas. I, I'm not even going to put any qualifiers on it. Full stop, it's the best. I was in there before the K-State KEU game. I had the house divided Schwarz beer. I don't know. You guys know how bad I am at pronouncing stuff. But delicious, crisp German dark beer. Don't be intimidated by that dark color. Absolutely amazing. They also had the Tang Time IPA, a nice tangy New England style IPA. They have something for all the different craft uh, beer drinkers. And even if you aren't, they have cocktails in there as well. Check out their tap room the next time you're there. And make sure your favorite, you know, liquor store is carrying some uh, delicious Manhattan Brewing Company beer. All right, the first primer. <laughs> We're right in the hot hand. We're going with Mason Voth of Ema Online. Look, I'm not going to fix what isn't broke. So you guys are going to hear from him now. Let's go. Good Big 12 Championship Week, and welcome in to yet another Mason Voth Primer. Uh, this just goes to show that if you do enough begging and, and say a little sob story, that Scott will probably give in and just decide to give you uh, three straight of these after saying, oh man, slap in the face to get West Virginia and not KU. 
Then I got KU, and third time's the charm as I get to be the good luck charm, and hopefully the Wildcats win for a third consecutive week with me doing this. Uh, if you don't know my background, real quick, I'm the managing editor of EMA Online, the K-State Rivals site. Uh, I used to work in radio in Manhattan for a stretch. Um, I know that uh, some of you know my work from the game. Others of you knew it and hated it. That's okay with me. That's fine. That's, that's the name of the game in radio. The Wildcats are coming off their 14th straight victory against the Jayhawks. Boy, it's a beautiful thing to wake up and we can all say to ourselves, thank goodness we're not Kansas Jayhawks because it's just not a fun way to live life. So I was 10 years old the last time K-State lost to KU. I don't remember a single thing from that game because I was 10 years old and playing youth football, so who cares? The Wildcats did it off the back of Will Howard in the first half. He made plays with his arm yet again. He threw for all of his yards in the first half because he only attempted three passes in the second half because then K-State let the run game take over. Deuce Vaughn goes for almost 150 yards in the game and also made a big play receiving. I think this is the most similar to Deuce Vaughn uh, the last two years that we've seen this season, and it's the right time for it to where he has stepped up and he's become a threat in the passing and the receiving game, which means a lot of good things for K-State are happening. And the receivers continue to make plays. Uh, Malik Knowles was impressive in, in a lot of facets of the game on Saturday. So offensively, there's nothing to complain about with K-State having 47 points. Colin Klein just continues to get better and better and better as a play caller. And I think we saw that in a lot of the ways that he diced up Kansas's defense on Saturday. Now, there are some concerns for me still about the K-State defense because they did get torched a little bit by the KU offense, which is very good. Something people should realize this year is the KU offense is the real deal, and they made plays, and a lot of the numbers back it up too. They had the best third down conversion rate in the Big 12. Their yards per play was really high, may have also been number one in the conference. So Kansas's offense was the real deal, but you still felt like maybe K-State would have been able to do something, and they gave up a lot of points in the first half, 21 to be exact. And if you look at how this thing ends up working out, the last two games, K-State is giving up 23.5 points in each of the first halves they play if you throw in uh, the West Virginia game and how it worked out. They're averaging allowing over 220 yards per first half in the last two games. Since Kobe Savage went down against Baylor, they were without him. Now they're without Sincere Mason there. And I just think it takes his defense some time to adjust to the opponent. Obviously, there's a lot of game planning that can happen over the course of the week, but I also think that you just kind of have to get thrown into the fire and get it you know, smacking into your face. And at that point, realize, okay, how are we going to work together and how do we make adjustments as the players as opposed to, you know, obviously Joe Klanderman and the coaching staff can do things to help him out. But there has to be a communication level and understanding of where guys are going to be, how we're going to work together. And I think it's taking the players more time without having one of their key communicators in Kobe Savage on the field. And that's why we've seen such drastic performance differences in the first and second halves for him. I sound like a broken record because I keep bringing it up, but it's it's the truth. It's very similar to what happened in the Texas game when Julius Brents went out. Went out. It took K-State a long time to get settled in and finally get comfortable and start making their stops. And then that second half, that's what they did. They got K-State back into the game and gave them a chance there. So that's something to watch out for K-State. That was really the only shaky part that they had against KU over the weekend because they were fantastic everywhere else. 
I think really impressive what Ty Zentner did. He had a huge role in everything that played out. He's been awesome on special teams. And yes, it was slick, so KU muffs that punt. Part of that is on a wet field, whatever. But also, that has a lot to do with Ty Zentner backing the dude up, and he ends up you know, getting caught on the turf, slips, can't catch it, and there's Echo Boido to fall on it. Chris Kleiman said after the game that uh, there were a lot of people that didn't believe in those guys in that locker room. Depends on what guys you're talking about and when those guys said that because there were a lot of guys at the start of the year that had K-State as a dark horse Big 12 championship contender. Here they are in the Big 12 championship game. But if you want to make the argument that after the Tulane game, there were a lot of people that had written them off, you would be right in saying that as well. So K-State, in in a way that the, the picture ends up looking, is what people maybe envisioned it to be at the start of the season. But the way they got there, a little bit different and wacky. And certainly the opponent they're playing is different because TCU was picked to finish seventh in the league. They started their season on the road at Colorado, a team that won only one game this year, was terrible, fired their coach. They were up 7-6 to six at halftime. Max Duggan only threw three passes in that game. Chandler Morris was the the quarterback that played the majority of the time, and yet it worked out for both teams who had their little scares early on in the season as K-State and TCU get ready to play uh, in the Big 12 championship game. One of the things that's going to be important for K-State in this game is stopping the run game of TCU. It's it's important. They struggled with it uh, early on this season when they played TCU the first time. Kendra Miller was able to bust off some big runs at big moments. TCU's passing game also worked in there as well. And K-State has just struggled against some of the better backs in the league. Obviously, Bijan Robinson had a nice day against K-State to to start off with. But I will point this out as a very positive thing for K-State. Devin Neal is in this class of guys that is like next man up and being the better running backs in the Big 12. Um, Him and like Richard Reese, I would put in that category from Baylor. And those have been like the last two challenges for K-State at the running back position. And they've been able to shut both of those guys down. Devin Neal only 59 yards on 16 carries. Um, And yes, KU totaled over 100 yards rushing, 51 from Jalen Daniels, and and it worked out for him. A lot of that was set up off of just like broken plays and he was able to scramble out. So K-State's going to have to do a little bit of a better job of containing because we know that Max Duggan can run the ball if he wants to. I think that's the the image that most people have in their minds of Duggan is uh, that 2019 season when he was in Manhattan and was running all over the field. But that's really something that I view as a positive is K-State's run defense improving and making stops against some talented backs in this league. It's going to be fascinating to see, though, because they gave up 153 to Kendra Miller the, the last time around. For TCU, outside of that, the passing game still working for him. Max Duggan completed 11 balls to, or to uh, passes to 11 different receivers last weekend against Iowa State, who they annihilated. One of those guys was not Quentin Johnston, who sat out with some ankle injuries. Looks like he's going to play in the Big 12 championship game. It was just to kind of give him a breather. They didn't think they would need him against Iowa State. They were absolutely correct. So that's really the the one thing to keep an eye on is whatever Quentin Johnston news uh, comes out in the the middle of the week and and what kind of goes on from there. Ultimately, I think this game is going to come down to a few things. For K-State, it's going to be about making sure that you can kind of keep things consistent and keep the flow of the game. That was something that they had when Will Howard had to take over for Adrian Martinez the first time around. And the thing that derailed the game for K-State 
ended up being the fact that TCU got the ball at the end of the first half and the start of the second half. So K-State had to go all that time without a possession. And then in addition to that, they had the lead and they were kicking a field goal to go up by a touchdown, seven points, when Will Howard gets hurt on that third down. Chris Kleiman says after the game that they would have gone for it on fourth down if Howard was able to be in there. Instead, it was going to have to be Rubley. They weren't comfortable doing that on his first play of the game, so they sent Tennant out there. He misses the 44-yard kick. Then K-State finds themselves trailing the next time they get the ball. Rubley throws an interception. Then TCU goes down and scores again, and then Rubley fails to convert a quarterback sneak on fourth down on the next drive and by the time Will Howard got back into the game it's the fourth quarter and K-State is down by 10 but the Wildcats probably win that game if Will Howard can finish it out and I think it's going to be important for them to gain that consistency and also to avoid the big plays uh, in this this second matchup with TCU because the first time they played I actually don't think the defense was as bad as one would think the problem ended up being that they would get you know every two plays they would get a stop and TCU would be facing like a third and six, and K-State would just give up the rest of the field to them. So it could be third and six from the K-State 45, and there goes Kendra Miller for 55 yards down the field. That's not what happened, but plays similar to that. So I think it's going to come down to K-State making sure that the defense, even if you're going to give up some points, don't let it be these quick strikes that TCU gets all this momentum, and then the pressure is immediately on, on the offense to go and do something. If you're going to give up you know, touchdowns to TCU, do it like K-State did in the second half against Kansas where the Jayhawks went 16 plays and took like eight minutes off the clock. Make them really work for it. Maximize the amount of plays out there because that's going to give you a chance to keep playmakers in the game. The other thing I mentioned is K-State obviously losing Will Howard and Adrian Martinez against TCU the first time around. That really killed them. But the other thing that plays a part in this is Julius Brents went down with an injury. And he got injured on one of the big touchdown passes to Quentin Johnston. And there were a ton of other guys that had to leave that game with injury. K-State hopefully going to stay much healthier for this game against the Horned Frogs. So we'll ultimately have to see what happens. Um, But the defense concerns me for K-State with how it's played the last two weeks. And it makes me want to take TCU. But the Wildcats are on a heater right now. And I think everybody said after that first game that they would take K-State in the rematch against TCU. It just seems so unlikely that TCU could put together 13 straight games and be an undefeated team, a conference champ, and in the playoff. So I am going to do it. I am going to take the Wildcats to win the Big 12 championship this week by a final score of 38 to 20. Now nah, screw that. That 38 to 20 something. I've been picking 38 too much. So I'm not going to do that. 38 to 20 something not happening. I am going to go K-State 33 weird score. I know. K-State 33, TCU 31. That's your final score. Book it and cook it. I'm out. Follow along with me over at EMA online on Rivals or on Twitter at the real Mason V. I appreciate Scott for letting me do this and go along again and uh, I know I'm supposed to be semi you know unbiased because i'm a journalist or whatever don't really care i'm a k-state grad so go cats and let's hope they bring home a big 12 title and thank you to mason all right i'm pumped mason is one of the best in the biz absolutely love him all right Before we get to the man, the myth, the legend, 
the legend Parker Fleming, a.k.a. Stats of War. Remember, we're also sponsored by Charlie Hustle. Dot com. Folks, I've been rocking Charlie Hustle on the entire trip that I made. As you guys are listening to this, I have made it to Dallas after what hopefully was a fun, entertaining K-State basketball dub versus Butler. I know a lot of stuff is going on besides just football. Two massive basketball games going on. A change at the top of the volleyball program. I promise we're going to hit all of that very hard next week. And I'll still be wearing my Charlie Hustle gear. Doesn't matter whether you're a K-State fan, you love Kansas City, or you're a fan of some other teams. I guarantee something in the Charlie Hustle shop will become your new favorite t-shirt, crew neck, long sleeve tee. They literally have it all. The officially licensed K-State gear, got it. All sorts of Kansas City icon shirts, got it. Kansas City hearts, got it. Arrowhead collection, they got it. They have it all, folks. They have it all. So check out charliehustle.com today and treat yourself to some gear and get some gear for your loved ones as well. Okay, he's my friend. uh, But sadly, he's wearing the wrong color of purple, I'm sure, on this wonderful December day is Parker Fleming, a.k.a. Stats of War. One of the best guys I know, but I hope he is very, very, very sad on Saturday. Hello, Bosco's Boys and the listeners of Bosco's Boys. This is uh, your friend, uh, Parker, over at uh, the Purple Theory Podcast. And I'm here to do a little game week primer for you, get you inside the mind of the TCU prerogative. That's the, uh, excuse me, that's the 12-0 and undefeated in the regular season TCU Horn Frogs there. Um, last week, TCU... Took out Iowa State in pretty impressive fashion. That's a matchup where uh, TCU hasn't won in a couple years, and Iowa State certainly has had TCU's number. Matt Campbell specifically had Gary Patterson's number, but TCU took out some frustration there, blew him out. Game was over, over, over very quickly, um, and uh, and and was really fun to watch how TCU's defense played really, really well against a bad offense and how TCU's offense clicked uh, in in multiple ways. Um, Expectations for the season. I think I said this on the last time we were here. Again, was looking at eight and four. Thought that would be a good, fine season. And what we've done is is certainly better than that. And TCU is on what I would call a, a magical run. And that's really cool from the standpoint of regardless of what happens in these last, you know, two games, two or three games that TCU plays, um, you know, Sonny Dykes has proven that with a well-built roster and with a talent advantage, he can orchestrate a, a really good winning football team. You know, every year in the Big 12, somebody has to win games. And uh, TCU has done that this season. They've they've gotten some bounces. They've gotten some luck. But generally, they've also um, done it in a way that, that no one else has, being the only uh, Big 12 team in the playoff era to go undefeated in the regular um, season. Uh, in terms of big storylines, uh, you know, obviously – 
beating a team twice as hard. I think that's something that we're going to see with Kansas State. And we all know that, you know, Adrian Martinez was hurt at the Iowa State game. Some Kansas State guys were banged up and got a little more banged up against TCU. So that first game might not be reflective of the true difference between these two teams. Kansas State's played well, but but so has TCU, you know, winning a uh, in a very hostile environment against Baylor, blowing out Iowa State. Um, and so the biggest narrative there, I think, is, you know, what can TCU's defense do without Quentin Johnston? And and that's been very interesting to me because he was out the last two weeks, really kind of a, hey, we, we need you. But when we don't need you, we're going to try and, you know, make the offense a little more diverse. So that's definitely something I'm watching for this weekend is just, hey, who besides Quentin Johnston, if he's 100 percent healthy, can really be reliable in this TCU um, offense. So obviously, Kendra Miller, the running back, has been so good this season. Really good at, at you know after contact. There's a comedian Jerry Clower who always talks about uh, he played running back at walked on at running back or defensive back at Auburn, I think, and talks about a really good running back being one who always points towards the end zone when they get tackled, no matter what. And Kendra Miller is very much that guy. You hit him, if you don't wrap him up, he's going to spin, he's going to bounce it outside, he's going to fall forward. Really, really physical running back. Um, And uh, TCU likes to run a lot of uh, counter, a lot of GT counter, a lot of GY counter, and really open up some lanes for him to get in and and just be physical against a defender and try and make some um, runs. Their their offense, TCU's offense, is kind of the opposite of Kansas State. So Kansas State's offense is um, we want a big play. Uh, and, uh, and, and, and really made of explosives. TCU is really trying to say, we're going to get solid gains, um, and, and kind of move the ball down the field, although they are certainly reliant on the, on the big play as well. Um, on the defensive side of things, you know, Trevis Hodge Tomlinson has been very good. He's, he's been up and down the last couple of years, but this season he's really locked in. Josh Newton, the other corner has been excellent. Um, you know, one of, one of the best cornerbacks in the nation, just kind of out of nowhere this year. I didn't even think he would start. And so that's certainly somebody to watch on the defense. Um, the other guy I'd look at is, is, um, is D Winters. Uh, he, he's kind of playing this Rover position, this third linebacker position. And, uh, sometimes he'll be, you know, forward playing linebacker. Sometimes he'll be back kind of playing a dime, uh, role in, in pass coverage. And I think he'll be really important for TCU limiting Kansas state's explosive ceiling. Cause that's the biggest thing this weekend keys for TCU is, Hey, um, make sure your offense doesn't, you know, get behind the chains because I don't think you want to get into a, let's get down by 14 points, uh, against Kansas state again. I also think that TCU, um, the big key here is you just, you just, I mean, easier said than done, but you've got to tackle Deuce Vaughn. You've got to make Kansas state march the ball down the field. You cannot give up a 75 yard touchdown. You've got to make Kansas state consistently make plays on offense. Um, and, uh, and so I, I really think that that's going to be the biggest issue is whether D winters can, you know, help run, run guys down and Kansas state's going to break open some runs. Deuce Vaughn's great. The wide receivers have looked a lot better than I thought they would be coming into the season. And Will Howard's not afraid to stand in the pocket and throw the ball. And so, um, the, the ball's going to go downfield. TCU just has to make sure that they don't give up this, you know, they let it be a 20 yard play, not a 75 yard play. I think that'll be really important. Um, Kansas state will certainly look to exploit the linebackers and pass coverage. Uh, the combination of Jamoy Hodge, Johnny Hodges and Shad Banks, all Three of them have been playing. Hodges has been a little bit hurt. They're not very good in pass coverage. I think that's really, really fun to watch that Deuce Vaughn angle route if they can line up and, and get him kind of – think of that as a chess match. Not not can we throw Deuce Vaughn the ball, but can we get Deuce Vaughn lined up against the guy who who's not going to be able to cover him. And so that will be something that they exploit on defense. Um, 
TCU's offensive line has played better. I think last week TCU took the left tackle Brandon Coleman and the left guard Steve Avila and just said, we're going to double Will McDonald. I think they'll do something similar against Felix this week for Kansas State. Um, So the defensive line, if they could stunt and blitz a little bit funky, I really think that they could exploit this TCU offensive line. TCU had a really hard time with Texas stunting, for example. So um, definitely something that they can can do to disrupt both the pass and the run game. Um, My score prediction is TBD, but I will say I've run the numbers, put that out on Twitter at StatsAwar. You can go look at that. I've got TCU slightly winning something in the range of, you know, 31, 30, um, got them separated by about a point, 1.3 points. So going to think this is very close. You know, if this was in Kansas state or in Manhattan, I think Kansas state would be favored. Uh, if it was in at TCU, TCU would be favored by about two. So we'll see what the neutral site, you know, how neutral of a site that really is and how both teams deal with playing in a, uh, an NFL stadium and a road environment. Um, I, I, I don't know. It's really hard to beat a team twice. It wouldn't surprise me for Kansas state to win. Um, it wouldn't surprise me for, um, you know, TCU to, to pull out some kind of crazy last minute, uh, win as well. Um, all right. Sorry. I sound like, uh, sorry. I sound like hell. I think that over the Thanksgiving break got a little sick. So I'm going to sign off there. Um, make sure you listen to the purple theory podcast. You want to hear Grant and I go deeper into this matchup. Um, and make sure that we, uh, you follow me on Twitter at stats awards where you can find all my stats graphs and, and everything there. Thanks so much. Appreciate you guys and uh, looking forward to a fun game this weekend. And thank you to Parker who usually is my friend, but he will be my enemy on Saturday. Make sure you're checking out the Purple Theory podcast if you want to hear the TCU point of view for the Big 12 championship. Now we got a few mini primers uh, because, hey, you know, like I said, we, we will hit men's basketball, women's basketball, and the new regime change with volleyball with vigor next week. But, folks, this is the biggest, this is the biggest uh, K-State football game uh, in over a decade. So uh, it's all football today. So we got a mini primer. We'll hear what Ace Edwards of the Aggieville Alley Cats has to say about this matchup. Hello, hello, hello to all the lovely boneheads of the world. I'm Ace Edwards, one half of the Aggieville Alley Cats podcast, and I'm here to give a little mini primer for Bosco's boys and Scott Wildcat. So thank you to all the boneheads for listening to me and Scott for having me on. But now we can get just straight into the little mini primer for what is likely the biggest game, at least since I've been covering K-State and since I've been at the university, which... You know, granted, it's only been four years, but it's still an absolutely massive game. A conference championship up against a team that beat us earlier in this year. That was a 38-28 loss in Fort Worth to the Texas Christian Horn Frogs. But as it's a mini primer, let's just dive straight into what I think is going to be the biggest key to V, the biggest factor if it is going to be a Wildcat victory. And that is going to be patience. This is not going to be a game that you're going to come out and win in the first half, and it's not going to be a game that you're going to win by playing overly aggressive either. 
that was one of the problems that we saw. It was well, one half of the problems that we saw in the first game up against TCU was on the defensive side of the ball. We were playing a little too aggressively for the zone slash counter scheme that TCU really likes running. So if the defense can calm down a little bit and play patient, let the play come to them a little bit more, at least in the running game, I think that the defense will have and already will build off of what was a pretty solid performance against one of the best offenses in the country. But this also applies to the offensive side of the ball. Don't always be in a hurry to look for explosive plays yourself. Be willing to bleed the clock down and try to limit the amount of plays that TCU gets on offense. If K-State's to win this game, it's because it is a patient performance on both sides of the ball and a performance that does not show any panic on either side of the ball. And a large part of that is going to be my personal players that are going to do well, or as Scott calls them, the picks to click. I'm going to go with the defensive side of the ball. I'm going to pick Daniel Green, someone who got hurt very early on in the TCU game. And although Nick Allen did play admirably in support and relief of him, I feel that Daniel Green will be the key matchup to stopping TCU running back Kendra Miller, as well as any scrambling opportunities that Max Duggan will take. On the offensive side of the ball, he actually clicked in the first game, and that's Will Howard. I expect Will Howard to have another good game against a TCU defense that hasn't been all that this year, especially considering how well he did the first time. If you're looking for a specific score projection, honestly, <laughs> that'll probably change within an hour of me recording this, but as it stands right now, I have it as a 38-31 Wildcat victory. In other words, I'm projecting that your Kansas State Wildcats emerge victorious as the 2022 Big 12 champions. The first time that they would be a conference champion since 2012. And the main reason I think that is because I do think that K-State learns to slow play things a little bit. And I do think, and I am a very big subscriber to the belief of that it is extraordinarily difficult to beat a team twice. But that is my time. If you want to hear a more in-depth breakdown and scouting report of TCU, you can go back and listen to episode 115 of the Aggieville Alley Cats podcast because the scouting report still hasn't changed. But if you want to listen to more complete takes about specifically the conference championship game, please stay tuned to the Aggieville Alley Cats podcast for the episode that will be coming out on Wednesday so that we can specifically talk about the conference championship but if you want to follow the show on Twitter, it's at AggievilleACats. And if you want to follow me, it's at ACEdwards00. Thank you all so much to the Boneheads for listening. Thank you to Scott Wildcat and Bosco's Boys for having me on. But most importantly, go Cats and let's get ourselves a conference championship, huh? Thank you so much to Ace Edwards. I love listening to the Aggieville Alley Cats. Uh, their preview episode, I'm sure, is going to be lit. They also do an amazing job covering not just K-State football, but they're also the best at covering uh, the women's basketball team as well. And, of course, they're talking uh, men's team as well. They cover it all. I love the Aggieville Alley Cats. I love Ace. I love Connor. Both of them are going to, I truly believe, change the world one day. Um, speaking of changing the world, uh, 
Uh, how about the man who is the voice you hear inside Bill Snyder Family Stadium, the voice you hear inside Bramlage Coliseum, and the voice you hear every single weekday from 4 to 6 on the game. That is the man, the myth, the legend, Mitch Fortner. No episode, no primer episode, no whip around all-star episode would be a thing without him. So let's go to the Golden Pipes of Mitch the Fort Fortner. Mr. Wildcat, thank you so much for an invite once again to be on Bosco's Boys. I greatly appreciate it. And uh, I'm Mitch Fortner, Kansas State football, men's basketball, baseball, public address announcer, voice of Manhattan High, and also a sports director for News Radio KMAN. And now, as of this year, the uh, host of PowerCat Game Day, which will air four hours prior to kickoff. All right. We're going to talk some Big 12 championship game, K-State against TCU in Arlington, Texas. Biggest keys to victory. I actually go into the direction of the defense for a couple of these. As a matter of fact, all my keys, I think about the defense. Tackling is very important. In the first game against TCU, which K-State lost in comeback fashion by TCU, they really struggled to stop the run with Kendry Miller and Amari DiMarcado where K-State should have held them multiple times, like two or three yards, and they get five or six and seven out of those carries. Really struggled to tackle the running backs, and that was like the first game I remember that, all right, we have trouble tackling some of the stronger running backs in this conference. We need to step up and do better with that. That's going to be an issue to me. Also, um, limiting the big plays by TC. They got too many of them out of the passing game against K-State in game number one. I think early on, TCU had like a 65-yard touchdown in that game. Can't allow, especially in a game like this, to TCU to get out to a very fast start. All right, a player that I think will click in this game. I'm actually going to be watching for Malik Knowles in this one. I love that K-State got him really involved in the running game against the Kansas Jayhawks. So now TCU has to be ready for Malik Knowles in the running game, also in the passing game. And Will Howard's been so great at really spreading the football around to multiple receivers. I think that's going to even open up the passing game just a little bit more. And Will was very successful in the passing game in game one against the TCU Horned Frogs. All right, I will be making the trip down to Arlington. I'm very excited for this one. I absolutely think K-State has a chance, and not only that, you know, it was just recently announced that Ashanti is going to be singing the National Anthem, and of course, College Game Day is going to be there. I'm getting these, like, 2003 vibes all of a sudden. Now, I'm not saying it's a 28-point win for the Cats, but you know what? I'm going to say it right here, right now. K-State's there to play spoiler and win a Big 12 championship. I'm picking the Cats to get the revenge in Arlington. The final score of 31-30, to I picture this Ty Zittner running on the field, last seconds of the fourth quarter, no timeouts remaining, and kicks like a 40-yarder to win it. Man, that would be sweet. All right, Mr. Wildcat, thank you again for the invite. Coming on once again to Bosco's Boys, and go Cats! And there we have it. That's the whip around. This is the preview. I want to thank Mason Voth, Parker Fleming, Mitch Fortner, and Ace Edwards. Thank you to all these guys for helping us get ready. So whether you're listening to this on your way down 
to Arlington, Texas, whether you're listening to this at home, getting ready for the game, no matter what your situation, I just want to say this. Saturday is a massive one. 11 a.m. kickoff on ABC. College game day is going to be there. Everything is going to be absolutely massive. I can't wait for the game. I know you guys can't either. This has been such a special and fun run. We have had five back-to-back-to-back-to-back-to-back record-breaking months here at Bosco's, boys. This is going to be the last episode of the football season. You know, as we know, we still have the Sugar Bowl uh, at the end of the month. But it has been a magical run. This is not going to be a season that anyone forgets anytime soon. So thank you so much for riding with us. And as always, for Chauncey Bosco, the Wonder Pup, the best co-host in the world, for all the boneheads, for every single person who has Emaw purple running through their veins, we love you guys, and go Cats. Sports Social Podcast Network.